Happy Hump Day, everybody. Welcome back to Brown Bag Bets. Powered by BetsBirds, we are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, back from his little BetsBirds golf respite, Mr. Andy Molitor. And as Andy and I promised, we need some help. We're getting into basically the dog days of summer where neither one of us really handicaps all these sports that are going on. So brought on one of our friends from the NBA chat who's actually here to talk a little bit of WNBA, Mr. Clive Bigsby. Clive, how are you on a Wednesday morning? Oh, doing great. Thanks for having me, you guys. Looking forward to uh, talking a little WNBA. Yeah, what? Yeah, so mostly, yeah, mostly NBA. Like when you're not doing this, what? What are you all just? I'm not as familiar with your entire repertoire outside of NBA. Is it? Are you betting other stuff than that, or is it? Is it a lot of NBA? And I mean, everybody bets NFL, I guess. So, so last year it was actually a lot of MLB this time of sure. year, um, and then things with the. Uh, you know, the ball happening early because normally I don't get involved in the season until five or 10 games in anyway. That's just kind of always been my method. Um, and I'm like, this is just all off. And last year was such a grind with baseball. I figured I wanted to try something new. Um, I bet a little WNBA last year, not too much, but I wanted to see how much my process from NBA would kind of carry over. Yeah, that would be interesting to hear. And that's what I was going to kind of ask you. I, I think you approach this mostly from a fresh perspective. So, A, you know, what, what kind of is your handicapping style? Are you more of an originator, maybe a little bit more of a technical analysis type modeler? And then how did that transition go? Can you just take a, a, an NBA model and just dump some WNBA data in it and everything's okay? So uh, when I started handicapping or betting, whatever term you want to use, it all started on the technical side. A lot of line moves, just understanding the market. And I think that was a good way to learn because then I, I was kind of able to pick up a few patterns and maybe reverse engineer a little bit of stuff. Um, whereas the, the NBA, you know, I was completely just originating my own numbers and WNBA, I'm doing the same now. Uh, but last year with baseball, it started the same way where I kind of tried to understand the market and then, you know, slowly but surely came up with my own numbers and then it, it translated that way. Um, so the funny thing was, or is, you know, I track everything that I have on BetStamp. And if you look at my CLV right now, it looks pretty good. The results, however, are not matching up, which happens. I mean, it's a small sample. I think I have about 40 or 45 games this season. And it, that's the thing with the WNBA. It's so much shorter of a season. There's 12 teams. You know, you have a day, you have a Wednesday with three games, and that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I mean, that's what we picked today because three games, wow, what a big day. I mean, is it easier or harder as if there's less games? Because, I mean, I know sometimes, and we joked about it on the show, anytime there was like a 12 NBA game slate, I'd have one pick, and there was three games, I'd have four or something goofy like that. I mean, does, do you think that makes it harder or, or more or easier, actually, just to have less to look at? I think if you're disciplined, it's okay. I think if you're somebody who's not and you're looking for a lot of action, you're going to force some things. I don't feel I've been doing that, um, but sometimes the matchups just don't lend themselves to, you know, placing a lot of bets sometimes you do go on a four game slate you only bet one total or one side it does happen and definitely the nba thing did not translate completely over i've definitely made some adjustments that that used to happen too with like college and it does still happen with college basketball because you, you run into your saturday where it's like hey there's 120 games i know i'm going to have volume today just because of math and then, you know, Sundays are light and it is what it is, but there would be some Mondays and Mondays used to be different. It's a little 
trickier now with some of the games they threw in. And just the past few years, there's been so many rescheduled games with COVID stuff. But Mondays used to be like four MIAC games and four like SWAC games. And then like one random, you know, America East. It was like 10 games. None of them were from, you know, even middle-sized mid-majors. Just 10 real garbage games. I knew like Mondays, it's like, yeah, sometimes I just don't bet. I don't have a single bet in this day. And then every once in a while, it's like, man, I'm betting four out of 10 games. That feels bad. I don't know. I'd, I'd finally talked myself out of that being like bad. It's like, no, if you if you have an edge, you have an edge. If you don't, you don't. Like, I, I shouldn't worry too much about like, you know, betting 40% of the board today, like some sort of DJ, but I let that, I just let that go a long time ago. So it's wild that uh, like three games, is a big slate though. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything in particular you've noticed that's different from the NBA? Like, cause you said, it's not an exact sort of one for one. Is, is there anything that's, that's pointed out to you, like particularly that you've noticed is what is different? So a lot more deviation from what I expected in terms of like in some of my numbers. So like the, the swings of the top and bottom of a team's range of what they can do seems wider. And again, these are just observations. I haven't, you know, quote unquote, proven anything, you know, mathematically, but just from what I'm seeing uh, also a lot more difficult to get information so like lineup stuff, not that that's a huge part of what I did with the NBA, but I think you could, at least I thought it was reasonable. You had certain games where you think a star would sit, right? So on those days, you wait, figure out what the lineup truly is, unless it's something in your favor and you like the other side and you kind of want to free roll maybe a star sitting. But you don't really have that in the WNBA all that much. Um, you know, the, the Las Vegas Aces – had a player sit for personal reasons two nights ago and nobody really had any idea who was going to start for them. And it was a surprise. So it, you know, it's that kind of stuff. I think you're dealing with a little bit more, I don't know if imperfect information is the right word, but like not as predictable when it comes to lineups and minutes as I thought it would be. So Shams and Woj aren't tweeting out stuff. There's not like an underdog WNBA account that's letting you know up to the second who's playing. So no, yeah, that's unfortunately uh, not. <laughs> no, there's a couple people that you could follow um, that are okay, but you know sometimes you're getting stuff just late, and the market well, and aren't as big. If either. you're looking, if you're looking for it too, it's like just the same as the NBA, where you get to know like Pop does this sort of thing. Like this is like a spot where man, he would normally rest some stars here, and certain team, even in baseball, like uh, it's something that. Happened to me. Like I finally bought tickets and went up to a Twins game this year. Hadn't been for a while, and uh, our our manager tends if he sits one, he sits them all. Like he just punts on the game. And so like Correa, Buxton, and Urshela were all out that day. It was like the B squad still won somehow, but the B squad was in that day. So you know, certain managers, certain coaches have like tendencies, and you can kind of. Uh, it's a lot easier to have the information fall upon you later on in the day if you're kind of actively looking for it, I suppose. Yeah. And like for totals, I haven't been able to really figure out who the, uh, who the coaches are that maybe continue to foul late, 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 you know what I mean? Versus, you know, the NBA, it's kind of a little bit more well-known and, and you know, the teams that are going to give up relatively early. Um, so I, I haven't been able to pick up on that yet either. Um, if I could ever incorporate play-by-play data into kind of my process, I think that would be a little bit easier, but just not there yet. 
That makes sense. I mean, you look at it, we're only about 18 games through the season now. It sounds like a small sample size, but that's halfway through the year at this point. Um, it is a very short season, and I wonder if that lends to like some of the variants and stuff you're talking about. But we do have three games tonight, and you mentioned you've done pretty well from a CLV perspective. It looks like you've got a point here on the one team and about five cents on the other. So uh, one and one, zero oh and two. The way things have been going, zero <laughs> and two. But you know, that's just, you know that to me, that's variance. It just Andy thought that was. I don't think it, ha- it happens, man. Like it does. And I don't looking back, there were no picks that I made. I was like, oh, that was really, really dumb. And I just think that's the way that particular game played out. I mean, there's a distribution of, of outcomes that happens, and I'm just on the wrong end of it. I think. I'll learn more. Well, again, it's it's a really short season. I mean, 36 um games there's only what 12 teams and like you said you've only bet 40 games so far i mean you look at anybody's log i'm sure any of the three of us is there's some pretty ugly 40 game stretches in there regardless of what sport it is oh god december for me for college basketball was absolutely terrible despite how much you know closing line value i got and i got a lot um it was just really really bad worst month i've ever had since i've been doing this i'll call it semi-professional yeah, if if a bunch of influential money agrees with you and they're wrong for the same reasons, like CLV is going to look awful good and never come up. And it's it's true too with the you know CLV is a spectrum. We've talked about that. Like you know the line people, oh this prop move or you know this prop move. I'm like, yeah, props are. You can't treat that like a, an NFL side or total for CLV, but there's know, not a small, market maker. Small, yeah, yeah, there's- smaller markets are different, but I tend to believe. The WNBA Steam, the WNBA CLV is maybe more predictive than markets that size because a lot of the people that are betting it aren't just, they're not WNBA fans. Like the WNBA hardcore fans aren't betting into the market. It is people who are trying to take advantage of a softer market. So I tend to believe that Steam in, in WNBA, especially totals, especially derivatives, I've seen some first half totals move like wildfire. Like that stuff is predictive and will well, you'll end up on the right side of that in the long run. Yeah, I think so too. And, and the fact that at least lines aren't moving against me hard is is a nice indicator too. Um, I'm, I understand there are people that could win without getting significant CLV, but I don't think there's anybody that's winning huge. That's the market's moving against them three out of four games. Yeah, that's always big. But let it, let's jump into the games tonight again. We'll start with the Las Vegas Aces. You were able to get them at minus 110. See a minus 115 against the Seattle Storm. What do you like about Vegas? Um, this is actually more an anti-Seattle bet. I mean, I like Vegas. Uh, they've been a, a pretty solid team all year. Very good offensively. I don't think um, – I think they're underrated defensively of how good they could be if – Let's just say I know Tina Charles is joining Seattle tonight for anybody who knows who Tina Charles is. Um, I don't know how big of a deal that's really going to be uh, when it comes down to it, but I-, I think Seattle's been a team that's been bet a lot by people when I've kind of watched line moves and the results aren't really coming to fruition and I don't really have great numbers on them either. So I don't think Seattle's going to do particularly well offensively tonight. So and Vegas has been a good road team. They're not really affected negatively by that based on the numbers that I have. So I, I think there's just a small edge. I think that the Aces should probably be maybe a one-and-a-half, two-point favorite at the least. But right now, it looks like it's swung back a little bit towards Seattle. Um, but I'm comfortable with my pick. 
I could dig that. I saw the Tina Charles news. I don't understand how contracts work in the WNBA or maybe in all the sports. Honestly, it's so complicated, but it's just like, I just, we're, it was like they mutually parted ways on a contract. You said, ah, we'll both, we'll both forget this ever happened. Yeah, I, I don't know enough about that either. But from some of the things that I've read, uh, I guess in Phoenix, there was a little bit of a, I don't know if they were personality conflicts or whatever, but it seems like there were a couple of players that weren't upset that she left. And she's apparently been a legend. So I don't know. When you let somebody like that go, just let them go. There's probably a reason something going on. Yeah, you wonder. You wonder what uh, behind the scenes. We've seen that in other sports too, but. There'll yeah. be a Hulu documentary about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Connecticut Sun, you grabbed them at three. It looks like they're plus two right now. Do you still like a bit too? And, um, you know, again, what do you like about Connecticut against Chicago tonight? So I like this game more than I like the Aces game. Um, I would say if I were to split up, you know, units, this would be probably either – it would be a two-to-one. Um, I think Connecticut should probably be about a one-and-a-half, two-point favorite, even on the road versus Sky. I know the Sky are a very good team. Um, you know, Connecticut has had a couple of not great games offensively and Chicago has had this ability. It seems like to, to not show up occasionally. So I don't think this is a really, um, this should not be a situation where the sky are really favorites just because they're at home. I think Connecticut's a slightly better team. I don't think the home or home and away thing is going to matter all that much. Um, there were a couple books that had this even at plus four earlier today, and they had the money line at plus 140 or above. Um, I think this line should probably be at worst pick them, um, but I actually think Connecticut should probably be a slight favorite. I can dig it. So you're taking the three. Did you play any money line, or do you generally just play the spread? Sometimes I play the money line. Today I did not. Um, if, if anybody follows my Twitter they might have seen that I, I did post like uh, I think I kind of missed the boat on that one, but I'm okay with it. Makes perfect. Sense. I know I used to that that's kind of in the right in that range where you agonize over it a little. Like it's enough points where it's like, man, if this is a close game at the end, I'm gonna be kicking myself. I'm sitting on a money line if it comes down to like a final shot. But I mean I used to get I used to get again with college basketball. I get that. Oh, like, did you bet this team's money line? They won straight up. Like, no, they were 12 point dogs. Like this is an outlier. Like this is, this is long tail. Like, go look at the rest of the games. Like we won a bunch of these 10, 12 point dogs by like, you know, losing by eight and they're fouling late. Like we, we don't do that. It's, it's dangerous. But I, I think I just <clears throat> eventually ended up where it was like, basically plus one and a half or less i was done with like that's a money line play i've just i just said i'm gonna draw a line in the sand i did a little bit of math and said this is where i draw it at and if they're getting two points i'll take them yeah this could have been i also considered just splitting it doing half a unit on uh the spread and then a half a unit on the money line i was just you know i'm gonna keep it simple today just plus three and let it fly that's only one bet to track instead of two much easier it's true Honestly, too. I know, Alex, that stupid round-robin tennis thing I did. I forgot about that for the tracker. That's 10 bets. It's exhausting. I just put it on one line. Honestly, I said this happened, and it was one line. And the odds were, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Some places don't even list them all. Like, it's just one lump somewhere. It's like, yeah, they just there's your three-teamers, here's your four-teamers. And some places you get, like, I have one site now where it's, like, three pages of round-robins. 
Oh, the, yeah, the old the old five dimes used to do that, where if you did a big, big round robin, it would list like 70 bets on there instead of consolidating it like Bookmaker did. So, But I digress. And, yeah, Clive, appreciate you coming on. We are dying for other things to bet on as there's the NBA, the NHL is gone, and it's just too far to get out. So it's fun talking about another sport like this for sure. Yeah, happy to do it. Hopefully – I have some good news that some of these bets actually hit this time as opposed to the last few days, but you know, happy to talk about WNBA whenever big second half of the season. It's coming. I believe. Yeah. I would say it's, it's probably rude to say like, I'm glad that your CLV hasn't resulted in wins yet because like you're just due for some regression now. Like it, it behooves us. Like this is we're we're just, we're getting it on the ground floor. Yeah. You guys are, you guys are buying low. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So perfect. Appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, people want to follow you on Twitter at Clive Bixby 41. Thanks all. Love it. I should have a WNBA model. I just haven't been able to figure it out. It's I know so back through previous seasons. I can't get it to do what I wanted to do. It's much more annoying. Yeah. I know some people who have even done some things with like refing in the WNBA based on just how certain teams play. And if this is a, you know, a bit of a whistle happy um, kind of ref, they were able to take advantage of some second half totals in that case where, you know, just a ton of whistles in the fourth quarter ended up pushing a number well over. So, but yeah, we'll head over to the all England lawn and tennis and croquet club for some, some more tennis. I have a, uh, I have some small futures I put on, um, gosh, who was it? Cam Nori and uh, Alejandro the Davidovich Fakina. Fakina. Is, is it Alejandro or Alexander? I don't know his first name. Alejandro Davidovich Fakina. I played them to win their quarter now that it's kind of opening up. That is all I'm sweating right now. What a. And Fakina's losing to Vesley right now. Jesus, buddy. What are we doing? You know what? Five sets. We got a lot of time to get those back. But on to the. Best two out of three on the women's side. Looks like you got a decent card again. Yeah, just tomorrow, um, as far as today goes, just about all my bets um, have started or are finished. And actually, there's one. You know, I'll give you one right now. Uh, Allison Risk is going against, uh, with all due apologies for probably screwing this up, Chalinska, Chalinska. Anyway, the total is 20. I have it at 21. Go ahead and bet the over there. I didn't actually put it on the list because it's supposed to have started about 15 minutes ago. But there's a freebie there if you're listening live. Again, risk Chalinska over 20 games. It hypothetically starts in about five to 10 minutes. But the rest of these bets are for tomorrow. Um, we'll start with a total here. Magdalena Freck is playing Anna Karolina Schmedlova. Schmedlova got us our three set over against Peterson. And I'm, I'm going back to the well again. Two players to me that look fairly evenly matched, um, have a history of very long matches. Might look at some set overs here. I'll see how the match goes live. But over 21 games looks great. Um, I have this closer to 20, a juicy 21 and a half. So happy to grab the 21 there. And again, if you have a regular 21 and a half, that's probably fine too. Hopefully you'll get less than standard juice if you do have to pay for the hook. I'm sorry, if you are stuck with the hook. Bianca Andreescu, uh, one of our futures, doing pretty well. She comes up here. She's about minus 130. This number's starting to slide out. I wouldn't play this more than maybe minus 135 against Elena Rybakina. Rybakina did win her first match, but needed a tiebreaker and then a 7-5 there in the second set to get through that match. Um, Just looks just out of sorts. I don't know. It's just 
not a good, been a good season for her. And although these are really pristine conditions, they're great for Andreescu. And I think that she has everything she needs in her bag for the Canadian to take down Rybakina there. So we'll take her as a short favorite. Leslie Kirkhope, we're going to take her um, to win a set and then the first set plus four games. And, uh, you know, Andy, I don't know how much you handicap tennis these days, but first set plus four games is wild. And this is what happens when you have Iga Swiatek living in our lives. And she played great, um, came out against Fett, um, I believe gave her the bagel there in the first set. Uh, no, absolutely no problems whatsoever in the surface change. And she's a great player, but Kirkov, again, I'm going to keep going back to the well with this. She has to win two games in the first set for me to, to push this. And you'll see maybe even some four and a halves out there. I played four at plus money. I'm happy to take the push if she wins just two. And the plus one and a half sets, apologies, didn't put a number outside on this. It's like plus 600. I mean, it's just the numbers here are wild for a player who, with all due respect, is fantastic, but not nearly as good as the market continues to price her. So give me the first set plus four games at plus money. Again, take four and a half if you want. And the plus one and a half sets, uh, apologies, didn't put the number on there, right around plus 550 to plus 600, depending on where you look. Yeah, I'm done with that. I like a weird bet. It's like one and a half to two and a half for every match. It's four, like four plus money. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. Sometimes those are broken, especially when they offer stuff like that. Right, because just correlated to the full game spread. I mean, the spread's eight, yeah. so they made it four. I'm, That's not really the right way to do that. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with I'm fine with you figuring it out. We'll get there. Those are fun ones. Um, John Deere Classic. Apologies to anyone who wanted to watch golf this weekend. Well, you know what? I'm still going to bet it. I'm still going to watch it. I don't care how shitty the field is. It's the same thing. Like, golfers hitting golf shots. It's not like, uh, I don't know. Like, if you had the all-star game and you put the worst players in it instead, like, that wouldn't be as good of, a like, an NBA all-star game. We wouldn't have the cool dunks and the alley-oops, possibly. But it's, it's still, like, just these are still good golfers. They're playing a course this weekend on a pro tour. So I'm going to take it in no matter how shitty the field is. And really, I'm the kind of guy who bets matchups down the board anyway. So it's just offering me more of the down the board guys to take a look at. And I do have one off the top I kind of wanted to hit on. And I don't know, a guy I've been betting a little in uh, Tyler Duncan. I don't know if this is, I think it's probably, you know, you talk about, or Clive talks about it's more of a Seattle fade. This is probably more of a Zach Johnson fade. Like he's not that good anymore. He hasn't had real good. It's not like Tyler Duncan's going to light the world on fire, but man, do I have Zach Johnson way down the board here. His accuracy and his second shots have been horrible. His accuracy kind of finding fairways hasn't been great. He has played here before. You know, he's he's had success in his career, but just where his games right now, I have Tyler Duncan well ahead of him, so I'll be looking at uh, I'll be looking at this one. Probably should be like minus one twenty five in my book, so minus one hundred five on this felt pretty good. I bet this one this morning, or excuse me, last night, and then also you know I I spoke of the bad uh, the bad field. It's not all because they went to Oregon to play live. A lot of guys just take this week off because the British Open, which they call the Open, is in two weeks. And the DP, which is the European Tour, and the PGA are like co-spot, not sponsoring. Like, what do you what do you call it? Organizing. Uh, yeah, co-organizing or like 
<clears throat> you know, they're giving it their blessing. It's it's a PGA event and it's a DP European World Tour event next week for the Scottish Open. So you can get full FedEx points if you're a PGA golfer or a you know a European golfer. Like it's well worth your time to go play this if you're of you know anywhere in the field where you want to be getting points to if you're a great player, you're getting those to push you up the rankings so you can get a shitload of money in the playoffs. If you're a mediocre golfer, you need those to push you up the rankings to make sure you can find your way into majors or other big fields. And if you're a bad golfer, you're just doing, you know, the points make a lot of difference as far as keeping your card, not having to play some Monday qualifiers. So it is, it is a points event and it is for both tours. So everybody is going to play, you know, that can get in. It's going to play the Scottish Open next week. So a lot of guys are just flying over this week and playing that. Um, some are playing in the Irish Open, especially the Irish golfers like Seamus Power and Shane Lowry. It would be uh, probably they'd probably catch some hell from the media if they didn't play in their home tournament. You know, the, their country's home open, at, especially with uh, it's been messed up a little with the COVID too. So Kilkenny is hosting an event and obviously Portland as well. And uh, I didn't get a lot of time to dig into the Irish Open, even though it's good. Uh, Shane Lowry probably shouldn't be 8-1 to one anywhere. He's good, but he's not that good. So if you're betting the Irish Open, I'd find some way to beat the favorite, as they'd say in horse racing. But in Portland, I did bet some Pat Perez. I'm, uh, I found a 30-1 to one at Bet Online last you night. You love Pat Perez. I, I do kind of love this for a while. I do kind of love him. He does have a good enough. Game I haven't heard Doug Gim's these. name in a while either. Is he? What is he? Uh, what's he doing? He's 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 in uh, he's in Illinois or Iowa. It's in Iowa. This tournament's in Iowa, guys. It can say Illinois all you want. It's pretty much on the river. the The Monday qualifier was played in Iowa, so it's an Iowa tournament. But Pat Perez in Portland, um, I loved his honesty. He's just like, hey, I think he's gonna play relaxed. And, you know, it's going to be hard to tell with some of these guys the motivation after they get these big checks. And we also said that there's some confusion over if they get these prize pools or if it's just taken off the back end of their giant fat check that they get to begin with. So I don't understand. The motivation is going to be super hard to figure out for a lot of these guys. But just skill-wise, Pat Perez still has it. Brooks Kepka doesn't move the needle for me. I've been betting against him for a month. Bryson is still injured. Obviously, we saw what we're getting out of Usti and some of the other big names. Really, I think Answer has a chance to do well here. But Pat Perez at 31 felt pretty good for a guy I've backed quite a bit. And he's had good results of late. The guy, the guy actually was playing pretty well, you know, just on the PGA tour as a I don't know, a bit of an afterthought in some of these. We we joke around a lot about using him in one and done every week. And then we go look at the leaderboard and he's shooting up there. But yeah, he had a, he's 12th at the Charles Schwab. He was 26th at the Memorial. Like he's a guy who hasn't missed a cut since the Valero. He, yeah, he's only missed two cuts this whole year and he's played a lot. He did very well. And, and again, he played well on the West Coast. Sixth at the Farmers, ninth at Pebble Beach. So that is uh, Tory Pines and Pebble Beach. Maybe not super good comps to a, uh, course up in the Pacific Northwest, but close enough, and I'll take it. I'm gonna, I'll stretch it a little for the narrative and say, go Pat. Let's do it. I like it. I'm in. P square. Yeah. I'm all about it. Well, and also, I made a promise to my grandchildren who don't exist yet that one day I'd be able to show them something that said, 
hey, I bet on every single live event ever, all the way back to the very first one in London. Like this is, uh, I've never missed betting on one. This is uh, something that's going to be in the local papers in like 30 years. Meet the man who's bet on every Saudi event ever. So <laughs> got to bet it. If You got to keep the streak can't alive. Can't bet them all. If you don't bet them all. Yeah, if you, yeah, you can't bet them all if you don't bet the first two. So, um, yeah, Dan says this is before or after you start doing heroin. I'm only I'm doing heroin on my deathbed. That was the plan. Like when I'm really old, right? Like, then, as soon as I'm too old to like move, or there's any any talk at all of me being put in a chair, heroin time. Yeah, Dimin yeah, diminishing returns. Not worried about Got nothing it. to lose. All right, appreciate you guys hanging out watching if you're in the youtube chat give us a thumbs up uh, it was fun having some wnba talk and we'll be back tomorrow we'll uh we'll pick on some more other sports i think i have something on my sleeve for tomorrow and then uh friday alex is off but i'm gonna definitely make matt come in and talk about baseball give me a bunch of baseball props for the weekend you know and i'll have some more golf as we go through the week too so we'll check you guys tomorrow see you then